Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Luke Fletcher, co-founder and CEO of Foxo, a global communication platform for enterprise health. Foxo sets out to engineer modern solutions to today's communication challenges, and they're on a mission to connect a fragmented health system. Hey, Luke, how are you going? Good, mate. It's great to be here. Thanks for springing this on me and bringing the date forward. It's really got me off guard there. I figure you're fast-paced and moving and doing things quickly at Foxo, so I thought, why not do our interview much earlier than we planned? Hey, whereabouts are you joining us from today? Uh, so I was in Brisbane, but I've recently moved to the Gold Coast. So I am coastal living. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, up in your own country of Queensland right there. Let's not let's not politicise this conversation. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we've got to yeah. be careful. I actually work with a bunch of Victorians as well. So yeah, you've got to uh, tread carefully when you're talking about the families at the beach today. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty hard. But look, let's mm. get stuck into it. Love to delve into more about Foxo. Let's kick it off. Foxo, what is it? Who's it for? for and what problem does it solve? Well, look, Foxo at its core is a communication tool. Uh, And we know that there's a bunch of enterprise-ready communication tools out there on the market right now. But what Foxo is, is a purpose-built communication tool that's been built for health in particular. So if you think about something like Microsoft Teams or Slack, um, that's where those products finish and Foxo begins. We use those products as an indicator of what good communication in the real-time sense looks like. So we take those platforms and we think, all right, so how do we then mold that into the health space? So we purpose built a enterprise level communication platform that has integrations into a number of systems, has a number of workflows and processes that are purpose built for the health environment, public and private individuals, teams and organizations. Now, Foxo isn't just about one-to-one messaging. Uh, it's a lot more than that. And the main problem that we're really solving is breaking down the silos of communication. And what we're seeing today and what we've seen for you know quite a while now is the infiltration of uh, consumer apps into the health space. So WhatsApp, mm. uh, a Facebook product, iMessage, um, Facebook Messenger, email, all mm. of these other things, personal email, they're all being used to traverse the silos of institutions. So, you know, a doctor doesn't just work in the one hospital. They might be a specialist mm. and they their own private practice. They're visiting other locations, all of that. And those siloed communications like paging or uh, institutionalized email or even messaging that's inbuilt into some of those systems, they can't break out of those institutions. And that's where Foxo really thrives. We've built it to connect organizations. So a hospital can communicate with a clinic. Clinic can communicate with their staff, whether they're on call, off call. So it's really becoming the glue of the public and private health industry. We're not just talking about an institutionalized messaging tool. We're talking about bringing together systems, whether it's an enterprise-grade EMR or a clinic practice management system. We're integrating mm. into these things to bring them all together and enable better work, enable more accurate information transfer, um, mm. enable accessibility to information over a layer of real-time communication. So mm. in a roundabout way, uh, it's a messaging tool purpose-built for health with all of these other bells and whistles whacked over the top. As I understand, the reason why that's not done overly well right now is because systems don't speak together, speak to each other because that's hard to do. So it feels like you're taking on a really hard problem to solve in healthcare and integrating all these pieces together. 
Yeah, and look, there's some really great providers out there that are trying to do a similar thing or even just become the gateway of interoperability. Uh, and we're leaning on those sort of services as well. You know, um, we look at HL7 and Fire. There's just, you know, truly no one set standard right now. So we're having to roll with the punches. And, you know, you've raised a really good point there around this being really difficult. But there's a lot of other difficult things out there that we're solving as well. Information transfer between clinicians, it just should be done and it needs to be done. And that's why they're leaning on these other tools like WhatsApp and it's infiltrating. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, we speak to people from hospitals and private clinics and they're using all of these different tools because they're just not aware that there's something ready to go. And that's OXO. So mm. the other big piece that's really difficult is change management. So how do you get them off WhatsApp? How do you get them off something that's not purpose built? to solve this problem, which is real-time connectedness for you know, the purpose of multidisciplinary communications across our siloed institutions. Yeah. So you know, we're recruiting pretty heavily in, in that space right now to get people that have done it before, uh, really senior blokes that have uh, been on the front foot in SaaS, in health tech, that are really going to start to get on the front foot and, and push the, the message and, and the value proposition really hard and i think that really leads into where we are as a business which is we've been um really working hard at product refinement product development and now we're at that point where we have an enterprise ready product and we're ready to go Mm, interesting just to step it back one what's your background luke and why is this an important problem for you to be solving how far back do you want to go (laughs) however far back's appropriate (laughs) well it, it actually goes pretty far back so I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. So I'm, I was born into a family of doctors. My uncles, my dad, cousins, brother-in-law, they're all doctors. And if they're not doctors, they're nurses. And if they're not nurses, they're in pharmacy. And if they're not in pharmacy, then they're in uh, device sales or, or as a medical rep. And then there's me. At my root is uh, a designer and a marketer. I've got a real passion for product design. You know, if you look at current systems in play across you know, public and private, these interfaces and products have been built quite often decades ago, and they really haven't kept up with other industries in terms of usability, onboarding, functionality, um, all of the other things that other industries are really prevailing with. You know, I look at what other industries are, are really leading and taking charge with and have, have brought that into Foxo. So look, my background is, is purely marketing, uh, building teams and building product. And we really had that shine through with Foxo. So we spent a lot of time on product design, customer mm-hmm. co-design and product market fit. And so we go through these iterations of rapid prototyping, refining the interface, refining the onboarding experience to make it as scalable, mm-hmm. as easy and intuitive and to use. To those points around co-design and, and other kind of product-led approaches to things, I mean... Why are these important things to introduce into Australian healthcare and are we doing those well in pockets or why is this a particular important thing we need to we need to be better at? Well, I think it's you know this is a great question and it's really prominent in health that we are severely lagging behind other industries in terms of software adoption, technology adoption and just general maturity around software. We are pretty much stifled and, and have been for quite a while in terms of when we look at other industries and what they really benefited from. Look at aviation. They were digitized in the 90s. 
so was the banking system. Um, and I remember my dad's practice, he was still using paper-based systems, <laughs> like the Dewey Decimal System, up until like the, the mid-2000s. The digitization of health is just so slow. And I think, you know, if we look at what's happening today with this pandemic, it's just leaped from about five to 10 years. The industry just had to advance and had to make these changes. And if it wasn't for that, you know, we'd still be in the dark ages. So if we really want to truly reap those benefits of what the aviation industry has had and what banking, accounting and all these other verticals, then it's it's time to really look at the learnings and, and what they've achieved because it does come down to uh, being early yeah. adopters, trialing things and implementing them and learning. And we just don't have that mentality in health. And I think it's really changing. It's just started. There's so many great startups happening now and they're all coming in and taking these learnings from other industries and adapting them through to health. And a lot of those are around you know, being cloud-based, being scalable, easy to use and really capitalizing on the browser, the, the yeah. device that's in people's pockets. You know, we weren't able to do this 10 years ago, but now that these things are on everybody at every time, it's really changing the landscape. Yeah. And it can be particularly comfortable to say, well, oh, health is different. So it doesn't work like that because we deal with sensitive information and privacy or whatever. But for those reasons, these things need to adapt. But we're not mm. different to any other mm. industry. Like banking. I open up my CBA app and it's yeah. there's a new version every time. They're constantly innovating and it's amazing what mm. they've been able to do just in that app. And they hold sensitive information. They have serious implications mm. if there's any type of data breach. And still they've managed to innovate and, yeah. and stay yeah. well ahead of the game. You know, one thing that always sticks with me is the user interface of the iPhone is so beautifully designed. They've spent so much time on mm. making that what it is today. And in the background, you know, they've got teams of people just constantly testing and iterating. But the one thing that they still can't manage to solve is anxiety. Do you have an iPhone? Yeah, of course I do. I've got, I, I got I everything. Yeah. Do you know the feeling when you're on a call and someone else calls through and you've got this screen with like four options, <laughs> which is send a message, um, accept and decline, decline, all of these things. And you've yeah. got like five seconds to make this decision. <laughs> you know, this is that moment where user experience and product design should shine. And yeah. it's a really difficult one to solve. I don't think anyone can solve it right now, but it's a great example of product design and user experience because yeah. it's happening everywhere. They've solved a lot of problems, but this is something that just brings everything together at once in a short amount of time where a user has to make it a really calculated decision. <laughs> Every time I make I make a decision when that screen comes up, it feels like I'm a freaking bomb technician. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to drop someone or I'm going to drop both of them, whatever I press. So yeah, I totally, I can relate to that one. And so just closing that out, it's very, very important to have well thought out, well structured user interface because you'll get the successes that Apple had early on, but we'll always still mm -hmm. face those other challenges. And with Foxo then, focused a little bit on enterprise there, like who are the customers and are they asking for this type of system or is this something that you need to educate them of the problem and then solve it? 
So the customers that we're working with right now, and important to note, we're quite early stage. So we've got a rather large uh, clinical radiology network here in Queensland. There are over a thousand users. Then we've got two public hospitals, as well as a large collection of GP clinics. And the process of the network effect that's building out adoption. To answer your second question, do they know that they need it? Well, not at the moment. And it's an interesting story arc that they go through. The conversation usually starts with what are you using to communicate with either your staff or your referral network or you know other clinical teams. And quite often they're using something that is uh, under the table, which they shouldn't be using. It might be Facebook groups, uh, WhatsApp, sometimes Microsoft Teams, personal email or whatever that might be. They do have that aha moment that there is a problem that needs to be solved. So it's really quite simple from there on. It's easy to deploy, it's easy to use, and it solves a hell of a lot of problems, far more than just instant messaging. We have these integrations into booking systems, into e-referrals, and it really changes the way that doctors and practice managers and administrators are able to connect and communicate internally, but as well with their uh, outbound and inbound referral network. I'm thinking about all the solutions that a doctor's got available to them now. You know, they all store information or they communicate with a patient in some way or another or, you know, with another provider. Like, you know, you've got your, your Scripps platform, your practice management system is the central hub to everything that, that's happening in, say, a GP clinic. Like, and yes, I get that, that comms need to get better in healthcare and, and interoperability and there's all these things that we don't do particularly well. But like, is there like a common use case for Foxo right now? Like the most common thing people are doing with Foxo right now is like sending this type of message to this person, like just to put it really in a practical sense. Uh, so in radiology, it's being used heavily to connect teleradiologists within the organization. It's also being used to field administrative tasks. So if you think about a radiologist, at the end of the day, they need to get from the top to the bottom of their reporting list. There could be 300 reports they need to get through. If they get to a report that has a, a medical billing issue, incorrect imagery or whatever, then they've got to pick up the phone, speak to the hospital that referred them in or whoever that is, and they're burning time. So now they can just press the FOXO button out of their radiology information system, and that sends that accession or encounter straight through to an administrating team to fix that problem. So that's the second use case. And another one is really around the e-referral piece. So where we're deployed in GP clinics, we're integrated into medical director and best practice, where the GP or the practice admin can just press the FOXO button and away they go. They're straight referred into a um, radiology clinic, for example. And that changes the patient experience, uh, the patient mm. journey um, and outcomes because the patient no longer has a paper-based referral. They don't need to find who they're going to go see. They simply wait for the referring specialist to call them and book it in. It completely yes. changes that conversation and takes you know, a lot of the referral leakage out of the inbound practice. So they're able to have far better relationships with their GP clinics or whoever else they're working with. Mm -hmm. And obviously, at the end of the day, it's just a better result for the patient because they don't need to decipher what that piece of paper was and search and find um, whichever practice or specialist they're going to go see. And so then changing tracks thinking more about from a business side for you guys you know everyone's pretty familiar with with working from home these days i expect you know foxo's no exception how's your business adapted in that kind of environment well i can say uh, working from home is no longer cool so everyone's doing it and no longer <laughs> i was doing no it i was doing it before it was cool <laughs> yeah uh, but i can also add to that 
working in the office, you know, that theory and that myth is busted. It's just not a necessity. Uh, you know, we work with uh, legal teams, accounting people from all walks of life, and they're all doing it, and it's working. You know, that whole myth is busted. However, you know, with working from home, there comes a lot of challenges, especially during this climate, where working from home isn't just home. You know, you've got kids, you've got dogs, you've got deliveries, you've got all of these interruptions, which, you know, leads me into the nine to five, which is what is nine to five anymore? Running a business anyway, you're never doing nine to five. But anyone these days working from home doesn't do nine to five because we've all got our phones on us with email. We're accepting calls and running Zooms after hours. So, you know, if you look at the Mm -hmm. pros and cons around productivity and what people are getting done in terms of meetings, information transfer and progress, I think, you know, we're in a better position. We're no longer commuting in a car wasting an hour of commute time each day. And I think, you know, if, if we're able to maintain uh, connectedness with our colleagues, then that's really important and that's a massive step forwards. But if you're not, then, you know, there's a lot of the well-being challenges that uh, come with that. So there's a lot of pros and cons and we're seeing all of that right now. Something else to note would be where our business is right now, which is just closing our capital raise, our seed round. And doing that during this climate is really difficult. So, you know, asking people to invest in a startup during this is a high risky environment as well as strategic move. But, you know, we were lucky enough, we got some really great investors on board and we actually closed about two months earlier than anticipated. So, you know, when we're talking about where the product is, the team, the traction that we've got and the vision, uh, it's really well received in the market. So we've got some really good runway and uh, a great vision for us to execute on. Oh, excellent. That's really exciting. Well, congratulations on closing that out. That, that's fantastic. How do you kind of see the next three, six, 12 months playing out for Foxo? Recruitment. So our engineering team is where it needs to be. We might bring on one or two. Um, but we are really looking at getting our name out there, uh, knocking on doors, building out some more pilots and closing some more of our deals. So sales is, is a big part of our recruitment strategy. We're looking in New South Wales as well as Queensland for some really heavy hitters that have got great experience and great reach within the market. So certainly looking at lifting up our sales team and then We've got a longer term vision in the next 18 to 24 months to get some presence over in North America. So the next 12 months for us will be preparing for North American uh, expansion, which is looking at HIPAA compliance, infrastructure, as well as recruitment over there too. But what we really want to do in the near term with this funding is ensure that the customers that we've got to date uh, are well serviced. We have a really well-rounded product And the next 12 months, we close out on some big public and private deals to, you know, lift the value of the business, showcase the product to the market and ensure that North American expansion is set up for success. That's a sound way forward. And look, I do wish you all the best with that. I think that time's right for that kind of stuff. I think you're you're well positioned to really leverage and attract some stars to help you grow that business. So look, what I'll do, I'll put some details of Foxo in the show notes for this episode and, and then you'll be able to find out how to get in touch with the team if you like and get involved with the journey. Luke, I really appreciate your time. Enjoy the beach. Don't tell anyone from Melbourne. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Peter. Good talking with you, mate. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.